Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Real Freedom Podcast. And I'm so excited today. We've got Stephanie Heiser here. And Stephanie is a real estate agent and team owner in Visalia, and her background is actually in education. And uh, so she left her job there, got her real estate license, and she's uh, closed 54 houses in her first year and uh, and had a lot of success. She's uh, flipped a house. She made $60,000 on a 400 uh, square foot cabin. Um, so great stories to share. You also decided to pick up and move and start a team. So a lot of stuff here in your young real estate career. And so, you know, for people that are new in the business and are just kind of wondering how to get our footing, I think that Stephanie is going to be a great example here for you guys to hear from and learn from here about her success. So welcome, Stephanie. We're so glad to have you. Why don't you just take a couple minutes and introduce yourself? Thank you so much. Well, I think you covered so much, but I grew up in 29 Palms on the military base just outside of Joshua Tree National Park. And um, I've lived several places throughout my teaching career, and I volunteered at the Wounded Warriors facility in Bethesda, Maryland, outside of D.C. I've lived by San Francisco. I've lived in Phoenix. And everywhere I've lived, um, you know, I just met the most amazing people. I've always been obsessed with architecture and with the real estate market and I never in my life imagined I would be a realtor or that I would be buying houses and selling them and flipping them myself. And um, and now I moved to Visalia because I'm self-employed and can live wherever I want. And my husband works mainly from home. He travels a lot making maps for the Navy. But uh, my first teaching job took me to Visalia. I had no idea what it was or where it was. I just applied all over California and went where I landed. So when I was looking for my apartment, all the leaves were just turning colors in the autumn, which we do not get in the desert. Mm -hmm. And the church bells were ringing and it was a foggy day and I just fell in love. I felt like I was in a Hallmark movie And, you know, I did my one year of teaching here. And then unfortunately there were layoffs every year. I would have to get a new job, lay off, move to a new area, get laid off. So anyways, I ended up coming back to Visalia because I just love it. I have great friends here. My brother had moved up with me and then he met his fiance, they had a baby. And so my mom and I just drove up all the time to visit. And I was like, wait, I can live wherever I want. So I left the desert where I had sold 54 houses in my first year. I was consistently having 10 or more escrows open and just decided to uproot and move five hours away. Yeah. So let's, let's jump back a little bit and kind of talk about the decision to to get into real estate and and how that started and then we'll kind of we'll kind of move forward here. So you're moving around, getting different jobs and teaching, and then what prompted you to get started into real estate? Well, I I got my master's at Pepperdine and I became a vice principal, 
And I thought maybe that would make my job in education like less toxic and less stressful and less draining. And I thought maybe I could do more and make an impact and do what resonates with me, but that surely was not the case. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the school year, I decided to take a different job. I just had to escape the principal that was above me. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he owned a house. I owned a house. And we had zero clue about real estate or investing. I'm surprised we even both bought houses. And... I was like, hey, I'm quitting my job and cutting my salary in half. So how about you sell your house and move in with me? Mm -hmm. So he sold his house and made $70,000 in profit, which to us was like, oh my God, like that's what I make in a year. Mm -hmm. And that's what he made in a year. So we, that just opened our eyes and he paid off his student loan debt Um, put a down payment on a brand new car. And then we had like $10,000 left over and we were going to just buy land because I have no idea where we heard buy land and hold it for till we're 80. And I just stumbled on this 400 square foot cabin. It was $40,000. And looking back and like $40,000, like, oh my God, that was so much money Mm -hmm. to us at that time. So luckily we did an owner carry. So the owner financed, we put 10,000 down and then we paid like 500 a month for however many years it was supposed to be. We got an estimate from our contractor friend and he thought it would be about 25,000 to renovate the cabin. Mm -hmm. But none of us knew that the county had now changed the requirements for all these old homestead rec cabins. You cannot renovate them without a single family residence, new construction permit. So we had to go through this whole process. So I just quit my admin job. I'm working an hour away in a quasi-admin position, but making half the amount of money. And we thought this flip would be pretty quick and easy. It took us a year. It was a lot of tears and a lot of frustration, a lot of regret, a lot of like, we were literally rolling the change from our big change jar to like pay for last minute unexpected expenses. Mm -hmm. And Um, then in that time I had asked another agent how he sold another tiny cabin for so much money. Mm -hmm. And he was so generous with his time and information. And he introduced me to the idea of Airbnb and how people are buying it basically as a business. I had no idea about any of this. Like looking back, I knew absolutely nothing. And this was 2020. <laughs> this was well, it was 2019. It was 2020 before I got my license. So literally last year in January, I didn't know anything about real estate. And now I've sold 70 houses and flipped my own, sold my husband's house, sold my house. And then we live in a house that we did a full rehab on. 
So going back to selling the cabin, the realtor that suggested I get my license and sell it myself and save myself the commission Mm -hmm. is just such a godsend. Like he is incredible. And I just thought like, you know, like I am in education and I just spent a hundred thousand dollars to get my admin credential at Pepperdine. Like, I just, I guess I'll do it as a side hustle and I'll sell this cabin and save me five, 10 grand on real estate commissions. And then another agent that was so, so sweet, another godsend told me to do Zillow. So really a lot of my success from my first year came from Zillow because 29 Palms is a military town. And then once the whole shutdown happened, everyone wanted to leave the city and move to the desert. Mm -hmm. So everything just aligned perfectly. Like all of those horrible experiences I had in education, all of the heartbreak trying to advocate for kids and trying to get them what they wanted and just getting like squashed by the system. Mm -hmm. It all worked out perfectly. Even like the agent who double ended the cabin that I feel was a little shady like just like led us to here. And so I'm 18 months into real estate. I have sold, I haven't had time to count lately, but I'm at 70 yep. ish. And my GCI is close to 400. Mm-hmm. So in 18 months, like my life has changed so much because of being introduced to real estate investing for sure. And then mm-hmm. that led to my real estate business. Mm-hmm. Now you had mentioned about <clears throat> Zillow contributing to some of your success um, early on. What else? So bef- before you moved, um, what else do you feel like were some of your keys to success? Um, you know, selling before before you moved to Visalia? Being the cabin flipper got me a lot of clients. A lot of agents would call me and say like they were trying to flip cabins and they're like, how the heck did you get through this process and list your cabin? And I just explained, I mean, it was tons of trial and error and a million phone calls, but having that value add of knowing how to renovate a cabin that was zoned rec cabin mm-hmm. or permitted rec cabin and then knowing how to do the new build process and just having the guts to do it like just never giving up which is the most trite cliche thing ever but it really just kept pushing through so word got around that we knew how to flip a cabin so I sold a lot of those little cabins mm-hmm. and um you know, I grew up in the town, but honestly, I didn't have a huge sphere of influence at all. Mm-hmm. And even my in-laws listed with another agent who promised them like $150,000 more than mm-hmm. what the CMA said. And of course, like nine months later, when the market's up 60%, they got like kind of close to that amount. Yeah. But it was just a lot of networking 
And then my clients that were investors would send me their other investor clients because I really just had to know every single step of the renovation process. And then I knew where to get an Airbnb permit, which company to use to put your short-term rental on Airbnb and VRBO, all of the different websites. Mm -hmm. And then I had like tips and tricks for how to like compile information for your visitors and where they could go in the community. I knew all the events in the community. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just have to devour all the knowledge and information you can. So -hmm. you can add that value to your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'm hearing from you is, um, first of all, a willingness to jump in, um, and get messy. I think a lot of times, (laughs) you know, agents, if they're looking at what, what's holding me back, they think, well, I have to know it all hand before I step. And, you know, what we find is, you know, I've, I'm, have been reading the book, um, 10 X, um, which just talks about, right. Doing 10 X, the activity of what you think it's going to take. And you're more likely to kind of, you'll, you'll gain the success through the activity and the knowledge and all that kind of stuff will follow. So in some ways, kind of naively jumping into something (laughs) is better than trying to wait and gain all the information and take that perfect first step. And just think about all the learning that you had. And then the cool thing is, is people recognize that and wanted to follow, follow you along in that journey. And so being able to share that along the way. So I think, yeah, looking at your success compared to other people that are newer in the business or people that have been in the business for 20 years and think like, oh gosh, I'd really love to do a rental. I'd really love to do an Airbnb. I just don't know where to get started. You're like, hey, I started. And then now I figured out what to do. Yeah, for sure. A lot of it was trial by fire. It was pure chaos. Like my second month in, So March, April, as the world is shutting down and I thought, oh, well, I guess I'll just use this time to learn like how to use Canva and how to, you know, get content together and make videos, which now 18 months later, I still haven't put out like any, I think I've done like three videos and I have so much content and I have all these plans. Mm-hmm. But I haven't even done that yet because I do have that fear of like wanting to be perfect. But my goal today, like right here on my to-do list is to put out a video because like you said, we can't wait for it to be perfect. And I didn't do that any other time in my career. So why am I doing that now? Mm-hmm. Except, you know, then people see how I look and my voice and that part terrifies me. Mm-hmm. But I love educating people. I love empowering people. And that's why I love your podcast because I feel like it's so empowering for people to hear all of our stories. Like I'm just a nobody. I just, I was a teacher at a school and then all of a sudden I became a vice principal at a school. And even that to me was like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was a real estate agent and I thought I would do this like on the side, you know, pay off some student loan debt. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I got to quit the career that I 
I love my students, but I hated the politics and it was such a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And with real estate, like I could work 12 hour days and feel so much more refreshed and so much healthier than I felt six hours, seven hours. And then of course, like 10 hours as an administrator, but working for myself and building that financial freedom for me and for my husband is just everything. And so, you know, I still am in touch with a lot of my students and especially, you know, my seniors are now like in their mid twenties. And I talk to all of them about like, get your real estate license. Even if it's just to buy your house, you get that commission and there's like minimum five grand to go towards new flooring or to just go towards your first three, four months of mortgage. So I just love to like, you know, let people know, like, I'm telling you, I just had no clue what I was doing. I was just nobody. My husband had no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, our parents owned their houses and my parents didn't even um, own a house because my dad was a Marine and we moved a lot. And then we actually were in 29 Palms for the last 12 years of his military career he could have bought several houses. He could have bought houses for $40,000. Like when I was in college, a house was $40,000 in my hometown. Now our average price point there is $255,000, which is up 65% since last year. But the point is I could have bought a house, rented it myself or lived in it, and then rented it out when I moved away. Mm-hmm. But the mind frame was, oh, you can't buy a house because you don't know where you're going to settle. But we're not buying houses to live in for our entire lives anymore. That's not the trend. So I could have bought a house, had someone renting it out, and then bought another house. And then when I left, had renters. And a lot of my military clients are doing that now, which makes me so proud because the military does not pay a ton of money to give you financial freedom for the rest of your life. So when I have these like 23 year old Marines buying houses, it makes me so excited because I know like another military family will rent that house and likely take great care of it. And then this Marine will get qualified at his next duty station. And they're so lucky because they get qualified for a much higher price point because of their housing allowance. So Mm -hmm. it's just such a great way to build wealth. And, you know, my husband and I feel like, wow, our parents missed out on that opportunity. And we didn't know anything about that. And then just from, you know, having to escape this crazy, crazy situation I was in with a crazy principal, we learned so much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and 18 months, literally like less than two years, our lives have changed drastically because of real estate. You know, one of the things, the phrases that always sticks with me is they say, you know, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And, you know, you, you gave the example of, you know, military families and, 
and, you know, renting out houses and all that, you know, another opportunity that I remember hearing about, cause I, I was an entrepreneurship major and considered getting uh, majoring in real estate in college. And I didn't, which is funny. Cause then it took me another 10 years to get back to real estate after I graduated. But even something as simple as, um, you know, buying a house, my, my, uh, one of my roommates, his family, uh, bought a house near campus, uh, she stayed in it, rented it out to her friends for four years, and then you could sell it afterwards or you could continue to hold it and rent it out. And, and I think about how much money I paid slash my parents also paid because we kind of split the college. You know, what if I would have done something like that? Well, at the time, I, yeah. I didn't even know about it, um, but now I do know about it. And you, and you look at those little slivers of opportunity where, yeah, it there's challenges to doing that. But if you line things up well, imagine how much a house could appreciate in a few years and you could make $10,000, you know, or, or more. And so, and, and not to mention, instead of having to pay rent to, you know, your college or university living on campus, your roommates are paying rent to you. So it's a, you know, you could potentially live there for free or make money off of that plus the appreciation. So it's looking for those little windows of opportunity. So as we talk about financial freedom, buying your house yourself, if you have your license, you get commission. Being a military family, if you could rent out your house to other military families, something like that in college, it's all these little windows of opportunity that you have because of the field that we're in. And you have to spend time looking at them and, and researching them. But at the same time, that's how you can gain more financial freedom is taking advantage of those opportunities in the market. Yeah, that's such a brilliant point. And even just looking back, I mean, of course, hindsight, if all of us knew now or then what we know now, of course, we'd all be billionaires. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we bought our cabin for 40, it actually costs 60,000 more to get it up to code and to get it looking how it did. And it was so cute. I'm so proud of that cabin. It was really, really, really cute. It was so stressful and crazy until now, like even from listing it, we had our second wave of shutdowns and Airbnbs weren't allowed. Nobody's buying a 400 square foot to live in full time. It was going to be somebody's short-term rental. Mm-hmm. And so then it, everything shut down and I thought, oh my goodness. And our goal was to sell it for 150. I thought like that would be a really good goal. And I listed it for 175. I feel like I could have gotten that had the world not shut down for wave number two. And we ended up selling it for 160, but like knowing what I know now, especially that 60% return is insane. Like we made $60,000 off of a $100,000 investment. So Mm -hmm. we got a 160% return. Basically we got back all of our money basically get a refund for all those months that we owned the cabin and then made 60,000 more dollars. Like $60,000 could be life-changing for people. That could be your down payment on a house or it could pay off your student loan debt. And then I sold my house. I bought it for 225 and sold it for 340. So I sold it three years after I owned it 
made over a hundred thousand in profit plus got a refund for all those months that I paid the mortgage. And when I first bought that house, I was teaching, had no idea I would be promoted to vice principal just three months later. I could barely afford my mortgage. Like with my student loans and my $1,400 mortgage, I would rent my house on the weekends to Airbnb and I went and stayed with my parents. Mm -hmm. So when my husband sold his house and moved in, obviously my financial situation changed a lot. And then he had zero debt, but then we bought the cabin and went back (laughs) to scraping pennies. Yeah. But then I got my license and I remember one day I made $27,000 in checks. That's five months of principal pay, like mm-hmm. not even my teacher pay. That's like six months of teachers take home. Granted, you know, I have to pay the small business tax and taxes and MLS dues and commission to my brokers, but that's like huge that I would have never in my life imagined that I would ever make that much money. So, and now, I mean, it's not like we're buying Maseratis or flying to Paris every week, but if an unexpected bill arises, like I had a $5,000 emergency room bill, even though I have insurance, I still had to pay five grand. Mm-hmm. didn't know that until I got the bill, but I went to the ER last, January, um, right before I even took my exam and that $5,000 bill, like was so terrifying. Like, how am I going to come up with Mm $5,000? But luckily I was getting my license and a few months later I was getting checks for over $5,000. So it helped, but I never, ever want to be in that position again to where something scary happens. And I can't pay or, you know, having that added stress of money on top of whatever's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. It's just to me enough motivation to figure it out and to keep striving for financial freedom. I remember when I first got into real estate and, you know, I had come from W2 jobs, you know, where you get paid twice a month. And I remember the, the realtor that I worked for, she had had made the comment of, you know, let's say she had five or six closings a month. She's like, I like getting paid five or six times a month instead of only two, like getting paid only twice a month feels less safe. Right. And a lot of times people say, well, it's safe to have a W2 job and get paid once or twice a month. And it's consistent. Well, when you're getting paid five or six times a month, twice feels inconsistent and, you know, a good example. So today, the day we're filming this, um, you know, I have a closing, we're closing on a flip that some people on my team are doing. And then another one of my teammates has a closing. So that's three times getting paid in one day. Um, now there's also, d- don't get me wrong. There's also stress that goes along when you have gaps um, like that too. But but to have an opportunity where you can get paid three times in one day or more than that. So, you know, it takes time. And, and yeah, not everybody's going to sell 54 homes their first year. It might take them a few years to get there. And yet being in real estate, what I, what I want people to understand is it's, it's worth going through that to get to what's on the other side. And for some people, it may take longer. It may take more challenges. You know, we also had 
uh, four cancellations of purchase agreements in one week this <laughs> yeah. month. So that stuff happens too. And yet it's worth, like you said, just continuing going through it. I do want to touch on uh, kind of the the next chapter of your story here, um, moving and, and starting your team. So let's talk about that. How did that come to be? Well, I love teaching and I love empowering others. So having a team was a future dream. I thought, you know, maybe 2022, 2023, I would start a team, but it really happened so fast because of baseball and my husband, he's so sweet and so supportive and amazing. And um, we have season tickets to the local minor league games. So we go see the Visalia Rawhide games mm-hmm. all the time. Every time they're in town, we're there. And there are banners, you know, everywhere. There's always sponsorship opportunities in several places in your town. And he wanted to surprise me and buy a banner, but he called me and <laughs> was a little frantic and said, okay, I'm trying to surprise you. I have no idea what to put on this banner, where you want it to be, what you want it to say. How about you just go to the Rawhide Stadium? Marcus is there waiting to meet with you and you guys figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I went there for that. And honestly, I was thinking like, "Mm, I don't know if a banner is worth the cost because most people aren't looking at a banner at the concession stand for their real estate agent, especially not in this crazy hot market. You have to have a strategic agent. You probably want to work with someone that your friend had an experience with. So that way, you Mm -hmm. know, you're going to be taken care of in this insane market. Anyways, it was such a sweet idea. And Marcus, the director at the stadium, was so helpful and so sweet and was just talking to me about what other businesses do. And then he said, he mentioned a stadium buyout. And I thought, oh my God, that must be outrageously expensive. But how much is that? And it turns out it was 2,500 bucks, 500 more than the banner. Mm -hmm. And I said, dude, sign me up. Mm -hmm. And then I got really scared. I thought, oh my gosh, why am I so impulsive? Because I don't want to do a stadium buyout like sponsored by Stephanie Heiser. Like how arrogant or weird does that sound? Mm -hmm. So I had to have Heiser Home Team, which that's my S Corp name. I, you know, I Mm -hmm. planned ahead and named my S Corp Heiser Home Team. And I, in my previous broker, I was a mentor and I had actually from Joshua Tree had a mentee up here in Visalia and he is phenomenal. And I called him and begged him to join my team. I'm like, Hey, I know you love your brokerage, but can you please, please just come to my brokerage and join my team? Like we will be such a good team. I know it. And he was on board. And Mm. so all of a sudden I had Heiser home team. I got logos made. um, We got t-shirts made and all in a month we planned this stadium buyout. So then everybody in the town got to go to the game for free courtesy of Heiser home team, which just works perfectly with baseball. And that's how I rushed into having a team, but 
I do have so many leads and I definitely do need a team, but it's mm-hmm. still like imposter syndrome. I think, who am I to have a team? Like mm-hmm. I'm still like new, I'm still learning, but in real estate, you will always still be learning 20 years in the business. There will be something mm-hmm. else to learn. Mm-hmm. So I just am so fortunate that my husband had that idea. I mean, it's, you just never know what little event in your life is going to lead to so many big, beautiful changes and lots of heartache and headache. I mean, I get horrible anxiety and I've had plenty of sleepless nights and I've had plenty of days where I'm crying because I'm so, so, so exhausted But then when I help 21 year olds and 23 year olds buy houses, when they, their parents never have owned houses. And when I help people like break the cycle in their family, it makes all the tears and all the stress worth it because like we're just helping uplift everyone around us. Well, and if you go back to, you know, being in education and wanting to help people, you you do get to help people too. And I think that's the the fun thing because there's a lot of of great teachers turned realtors. Um, that's the first team that I joined. Um, the team the team owner was a former teacher, and uh, and she had success because so you know it's following putting together a plan, following the plan, right? Um, being accountable, doing what you say you're going to do, and ultimately just providing great service and caring about people. Um, that's what makes people in education be successful in real estate. Now, that doesn't mean every educator or teacher is going to be successful, but but that's those qualities that tend to show up. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's awesome that on a whim, um, kind of on a whim, you just <laughs> yeah. now have, have your team. Boom. So yeah. And my latest team member, Marla, she is also so, so great. I don't know how all these amazing opportunities just keep falling in my lap. Marla is a teacher and mm-hmm. she's wanting to transition out for all the same reasons as the rest of us that left education or are dying to leave education. Mm-hmm. And the material she puts together, the buyer and seller guide she has, the information she puts on her social media blows me away. She is such a rock star and she's working full. I mean, teaching is like a way more than full-time job Mm -hmm. and she still has time to connect with all of her prospects and to help people find lenders. And she's so genuine, so caring, so driven. And those like really good teachers translate to really good agents. So it's really fun getting to help save other teachers from that crazy world. Well, the other thing that's helpful is they do what they do because the, the love of what they're doing. And I think we would all agree that teachers don't get paid what they're worth. So what if you could go through all those challenges and stresses and all that and get paid what you're worth. Um, you know, a lot of times that's a a happy benefit that comes out of it of like, oh my gosh, I could make double or triple what I used to make. And yeah, it's stressful. There's challenges, but I'm used to that because I've, I've been in that role in the past. So you could just go to, um, go to all the, the schools and just go to the staff parking lots and put flyers under their windshields and just go recruit all the teachers. (laughs) (laughs) I have plans. 
Until there's a teacher shortage and they can't find enough teachers because you've recruited them all the real estate. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that problem. But, you know, and a lot of in teaching, you know, no one wants to talk about it, but except for the teachers who are drowning and dying, but it can be super toxic, especially if you're an empath and especially if you are outspoken or you want what's best for kids. In most of my schools, like if you were the star teacher, if your kids' test scores were coming up because you were still doing art and music on the side when you technically weren't allowed to, you know, like I got treated terribly for doing those things. Like, and Mm -hmm. I just am never willing to compromise my integrity. And like, I want to do what's right, no matter what the cost is. But eventually... You just have to think like, this is not healthy, like every day. And I mean, I have an autoimmune disease, so I literally was not healthy and, you know, being punished for calling in sick and being treated badly and just the anxiety of having to take a sick day is not good. Like now, if I don't feel good, I don't have to do anything and I can still work in my pajamas. I can, you know, work for a few minutes at a time and then go take a break for a little bit. I can, you know, have my teammates go do showings for me or go give keys to buyers and I do the same for them. Like we tag team and are like truly a team. Mm-hmm. And it's just a completely different world than I ever knew nobody I knew invested in real estate nobody I knew worked for themselves but now all my friends are entrepreneurs basically and I've learned so much through all of my clients especially my investors and most of them did not grow up in real estate or in wealth most of them grew up with absolutely nothing and most of them came from other countries and war-torn countries, and they grew up with literally nothing and came here with nothing. And now they're millionaires and own several houses. And for a lot of them, real estate is their wealth generator. So it's just been so empowering to me to see this whole new environment around me. And Mm -hmm. we're looking for our next property. Even in this hot market, your ROI is still going to be great with long-term or short-term rentals. So we're looking for our next property to buy. And I keep trying to convince my husband to sell our current house because we could make well over $100,000 and we've only owned it for six months. So when I just see this ROI right here at the tip of my fingers, like, let's move. But of course, I'm not the one that like does all the packing and moving the heavy stuff. So his opinion is like, how about we buy a duplex instead? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's a total mindset mindset shift now to think like, oh, gosh, I could you could get two or three properties um, you know, that you can rent out and it's just pushing that snowball down the hill and it's going to grow and grow and grow. So awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for sharing, um, for people that hear your story and want to learn more about you or reach out to you and, and connect, or obviously anybody that's interested in purchasing real estate, how do folks get a hold of you, Stephanie? Well, I'm on Instagram at Steph Heiser does real estate. 
And you can go to HeiserHomeTeam.com, H-E-I-S-E-R HomeTeam.com. All right. Well, thanks so much, Stephanie, for coming on. And thank you for sharing your story and, and inspiring others and letting people know that you don't have to have all the answers to make the next step and you can make a leap into something in the unknown and and it's going to turn out well so congratulations on your success and excited to see where it's going to go in the future thank you that was my favorite podcast ever i really love that you contribute and add value and digest my gibberish into key points like you were really really good you're awesome